Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. Welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I am so delighted to have my new friend, Matt Thomas, here with me today. And we're going to have a really important discussion about race in our world. Matt lives in Canada, so I can't say race in our country. We're going to say race in the world. Uh, Matt and I are in a... Facebook group together, and Matt posted that he was uh, feeling a little deflated and not uh, focused on his work because of all that's going on, and my heart immediately said, I have to talk to this man. I just have to, and so Matt graciously agreed to come onto my podcast and talk with me and all of us, all of the listeners, and I'm so happy to have him here. So welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you for, for reaching out. Um, uh, you know, amazing soul, and, and, and I've been looking forward to connecting with you from you reached out to me. Thank you. So one of the things that I told Matt when we first connected a few minutes ago is that uh, some of my colleagues knew that, we w- that I would be talking to him. And they reached out to me. They're wonderful, wonderful people. And they reached out to me and they said, uh, I don't know if you've thought about this before planning to speak with him, but I think it's important that you don't make him feel like it's his job to educate me or us, or it's his job to make us feel better. And so I really appreciated their input. And I told, I told you, Matt, that... Um, I kind of likened it to grief and my daughter died when she was a baby of a heart defect and that was 19 years ago. So for the last 19 years, a lot of times when I tell people about her, they get very, very sad. They feel bad for me, but they feel so bad that I now feel responsible for making them feel better because they're sad about me. And it flips it flips and it never seems like that's how it should be. And so I was very aware and sensitive that I didn't ever want to make you feel like it's your job or responsibility to make me feel better. And so I really appreciate your willingness to, to have this conversation. I don't think it's an easy one. And I don't think that social media right now is making it any better. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. a lot of, strong opinions there are a lot of people blasting their ideas and you can tell that they they're not fully educated yeah and they're kind of blasting their ideas i think 
from sound bites where they're not doing the work to understand. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that you are here with me to, to have this conversation. No, no, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. So can you, I hate to make you say it again, but you were talking about uh, some of the experiences that you had as a child growing up in the outside world, some that you had as an adult recently, and, and the way your parents created a, a space in your home. So could you share that with my listeners? Yeah, Aaron. So, you know, as I was mentioning, um, you know, growing up in England, um, born and raised in England, growing up in England, um, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, um, aging myself here, yeah. um, it, was, it was interesting um, because I'd experienced so many issues um, just because of the color of my skin, people would judge me based on my skin before they'd, they'd have a chance to hear me speak or get to know me. Um, and this was from a young age. Um, and I always remember, no matter what I experienced in public, it was always good to go home and have parents always ingraining me to see people for their hearts and who they are instead of the color of their skin. And that helped me deal with a lot of what I would deal with in the public. Not that it was right, but it helped me to have that ingrained in me because I can look at that experience now as a 44-year-old man right now. I can go back to the start of what helped me deal with this and continue to deal with it because even though I'm 44, it's not like it's not happening daily. It's happening daily. But, you know, I, I remember, um, you know, playing soccer and, and Standing next to someone, one, one of the kids saying to me, don't touch me, I hear black people have diseases. Right? Mm. I remember that as, as, like it was yesterday. And I remember telling my teammates and all my teammates who were white at the time, um, and even some who were, were black and, you know, just dismissing it. Dismissing it. And that became the norm from my peers, other kids. But then the moment I... I it became the norm from adults was, you know, I had a situation where I had people throwing bananas at me, spitting on me during a game. Mm. And, I, you know, and I'm, I'm not in about a game of, you know, 10, 15 people. There must have been 700 people there. Mm. 700 people. Mm. Because so you were a soccer player. Yeah, soccer player. Yes. And I remember telling, telling the coaches who were adults. And I got told, you know, if you don't like it, Deal with it, and if you don't like it, we'll rip your contract up and we'll kick you out. And that was the first time an adult had said that to me. Because remember, I just mentioned I had my peer say to me as a kid, as a child, playing. But this is the first time that my brain now switched on to, okay, I've got to dismiss it as a, with my peers, but now I have to dismiss it with adults. Because that's how adults look on it. Hmm. You know, and it, 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 it was hard. And I remember going home and speaking to my parents about it and they still kept ingraining me. No matter what happens, no matter how you judge, no matter how, keep loving people for their hearts and them as human beings. And it's your, not right, you know? Your parents sound like the strongest people ever and the most amazing people ever. Yeah, they just, they, 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 you know, it was it was so interesting. It was, you know, my dad taught me so much without actually having conversations sometimes. Like my dad would be driving down the road 
and um, it would just stop. In the, and I'm talking in the seventies in England when it was it was it was it was rough. You know, you were, there was no conversation, there was no acknowledgement. It was you know there were, people would put you in a box. And I remember him just stopping, and it'd get out the car. And this is a visual, a lesson he taught me without actually having a conversation. He'd get out the car, and it'd be a, a little a little old white woman with her bags waiting to cross the road. And he would go and get her, cross the road with her, stop traffic, cross the road with her, jump back in the car and carry on driving. And he wouldn't say anything to me. Mm, but that was ingrained in me that no matter what you show, you show people that we're powerful each other. We can support each other. We can love each other. And that was at a time when he was getting beat up uh, as an adult for mm. being black. But yet he showed me his child without having that conversation, something, a visual that was powerful and that stuck to me today. They sound incredible. Just incredible people. How you can, how, how they, they could deal with discrimination and mistreatment in their daily lives and still hold love for people yeah. regardless of the color of their skin. It, it's yeah. just, they sound like amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, God bless her as we're talking about this right now, I'm like getting tingles because my mom's obviously not here, but, um, you know, I, I, I look at a lot of the stuff they installed in me now. It, it still helps me. Um, and as I was saying to you, it's, it's, you know, people say to me, it's not healthy. You've got all of this bottled in there. Yeah, it's bottled in and I've learned to, to contain it and I've learned to flip it. Um, even, even when I still get judged now, I don't see people for color. I don't because again, that was ingrained in me from a young age to see people for their hearts. And mm -hmm. I think we as a society, we control that. We can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not controlled by the media. Like I said, the, you know, things that we see on the news right now are newsworthy. And what happened to George is beyond sickening. Beyond sickening. But we've got to stop looking at things now of, okay, it's bad and it's, it's going to be bad now for the next few weeks and then we'll move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Because we've got, to, we've got to start putting action into things, not only for now, but for the next generation to come. For the next generation to hold hands and say, I love you, whether, whether you're family or not, I love you as a, as a fellow human being. And those are things that we control, not the media. Mm -hmm. It's so, so true. I know that um, we've, we've been talking about the, the protests, about George's death and the protests and the rioting all of it. We've been talking about race. We've been talking about equality. We've been wrestling with all of this stuff every day in my house with my kids. And just yesterday, our conversation actually meandered, you know, it went on kind of for six hours. Yeah. It just kept going and going. I couldn't even believe it. But two of my kids told me that they were feeling a lot of pressure to, on social media to speak out because yeah. there was, and I saw it from adults too. If you're silent, then you're part of the problem and yeah. you're racist and I'm going to unfriend you and whatever, stuff like that. But they were really wrestling with it because they felt the pressure to do something, but they didn't know what to say. 
Yeah. And so I was trying to help them work through how to get out of that stuck position. And I think the word that you said is right, action. Yeah. I don't think it really matters all, all that much. I don't think it's as effective the words that we're going to you know, post all over social media. I think action is where it's at. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons I'm so glad that you and I are having this conversation because I feel like we're taking action. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what people have to do. They have to do something. Yeah. To take action. That is how yeah. we, we start to combat this historical problem that's been yeah. with us forever. And it's just been just brewing under the surface for yeah. so long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, you're right. Um, you know, I was blessed to, to talk to 200 parents last night. Someone reached out and said, can you talk to these parents? And um, it was a great dialogue. Um, for some of them, it was the first time that they've ever had that conversation. And, um, you know, I explained to them, I've been in Canada 14 years and no one's ever asked me to, to touch on this or talk about this because it's never been acknowledged. Right. So first of all, I reached out to the people who reached out to me and just said, I thank you. I thank you. And you won't, you won't fully understand where that thank you is coming from mm -hmm. because I've been in the country 14 years and not one time has everyone, anyone asked to, to speak on the map or acknowledge that there is an issue. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always been, let's sweep it under the carpet. And one of the examples I used to the group last night, and these are all parents of kids from different backgrounds, um, and they've come to Canada from all over the world and they're living here. And I says, if someone's getting abused, then you know it. But you say, hey, it's not my child or it doesn't involve me, and I turned a blind eye. That person who we turned in a blind eye to, are we really helping them? Mm -mm. We're not helping them. So it's no different to this where, because you're right, Aaron, people say, well, it doesn't affect me. I have, you know, this is my lane. I stay in my lane, and I just look forward. This is a human thing. It's not a, a black thing. It's not, yes, it's, it's happening to black people, and it's happening to a few others as well. But it's a human nature thing that we've got to, we've just got to stamp out and say enough is enough. Mm -hmm. And we're in, we're in control of that. Mm -hmm. You know, so action's very important. Mm -hmm. We should always have a, a, a space, if you want to call it that, or an environment where we can speak. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never had that space or felt comfortable for 35 years to speak about it. Because as I mentioned, everything in my youth learned me to dismiss it, learned me not to speak about it. Mm. And this is something we should always, and especially, you know, with our kids, my own kids, create an environment where no matter what, speak on it. Mm -hmm. Speak on it. I trust and love you and I will support you to speak on it. If this mm -hmm. is something that you believe in and it's coming from the heart and you want to make a change, do it. Mm -hmm. Because not only are you doing it for a better society nowadays, you're doing it for the society to come. Yes. Okay, sorry about that interruption. As you can see, we have a huge thunderstorm brewing and everything was blowing around and I had to go grab stuff outside. So, sorry about that interruption. <laughs> um, yes, you... You bring up such great points about 
Um, like I have to say, when you were talking about how you experienced such vile treatment as a child and an adult, and your peers and adults just brushed it under the rug and didn't acknowledge it, that when you said that, that that like makes me. Uh, it makes me sick inside and I, I'm, I'm very sorry that that happened to you and that people treated you that way. And I know that your story is not, <laughs> unfortunately, I know it's not unusual or unique and I just don't understand. Like I really appreciate the way your parents raised you because I don't understand how anyone I don't know how someone could have looked you in the eye and spoken to you like that or thrown bananas at you. I, I just yeah. like, how do you have a conscience and, and treat another person that way? I don't understand. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, and, and you know, it's the, you know, I was lucky to have good parents, but we have people out there that are going through this that don't, they don't right. have that. Right. Yeah. And, and, and those are people that, you know, when I was speaking to the group last night, just to be aware, just to be aware. You know, I had, I had, um, I talked to 200 parents last night and then I had around 85 kids on a separate call because the parents asked me if I could do it with the kids like 15 minutes afterwards because they, they enjoyed the dialogue. So I had 85 kids come on a call with me. Their parents were in the background. Um, and it was just so powerful. You know, I asked the question, what's, what's racism to them? And it was interesting hearing. And the age of the kids ranged from seven to 17 last night in the call. And I had 85 wow. of them. Wow. And I said to them, I says, you could have teammates who are going through this daily. And it's just for you now, it's just to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Just to be aware of it. To have that conversation. To check in. And say, hey, how are you doing? Yes, I'm your soccer teammate, but, you know, forget about that for now. How are you doing? You know, what can I help with? What can I do? We're in this together. You know, so I had 85 of them last night, and I I had some of them um, created little posters, thank you posters, and sent it to me via email from the parents. and, And it was just good to know that, it wasn't about educating them. It was just about giving them a different perspective. And a lot of them just wanted that. They've never had that. Mm-hmm. They've never, as you said, you know, with your, with your, your I think it was your daughter, mm-hmm. you were saying um, how to start that conversation, how to deal with certain things. You know, I have a nine and eight-year-old. Um, and a few months ago, um, two incidents happened. One, someone at school written on the wall, white lives matter as well. So someone wrote that at school. I'm a nine-year-old, so we're not talking teenagers or young. Um, and then the second incident um, was um, a girl, a white girl at school, came up to my daughter and said to her, um, even though you're black, I still like you. And I had to, you know, I went really deep with that. I brought in the parents and I, brought, I got the principal to create a meeting. And it was discouraging that the parents came and says, oh, they're just kids. Again, they're brushing it off. Yeah, 
just could. And I went so deep into actually taking them back a little bit to where some of this comes from. Mm-hmm. And that, not educating them, but just making them aware of their comments and their mindset. And it was an interesting conversation because it started off with that. It doesn't mean anything. To now, them running groups with people of colour, which was interesting. So they've gone from not knowing it, totally dismissing it, to now running groups of people of colour. Just from the dialogue. Just from the dialogue of, of communicating, of talking, of researching, and then saying, man, what do you think about this and me? Right? And that's, that's been beautiful for me to know that within the space of eight months that I've seen a shift in their mindset and not only the shift in my, their mindset, but them now impacting friends and family members as well. You know, so I always say this is a ripple effect. That's always, you know, the love and, and, and the love I've received and always received from people around the world. I always want to just keep giving it to other people. Because again, it's, it's a human thing that we're, we're talking about here. So as much as I've experienced, and I experience things daily, um, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, I'll share this story. Because these are all real stories. Is you know, I went to a hotel recently and I was checking in. And the woman at the desk, you know, as I was pulling up with my, my suitcases, she says to me, you're not hoping to check in here, are you? And I remember taking a step back and going, okay, maybe I didn't hear her say that. And this is me as a 44-year-old. I'm not, I'm not talking in the 70s or 80s. I'm talking to 2020. And she says to me, you're not hoping to check here, are you? Check in. And I was, I was just like, here we go again. Here we go again. And I remember reporting the woman um, and, you know, uh, whether she got sacked or there was a review on her. Um, and the hotel management sent me an apology letter, which really did a lot for me. Um, but I'll give you one of the worst things that came out of the outside of that was coming back and telling my HR department of what I just went through. Mm-hmm. And my HR department going, ah, just deal, deal with it, suck it up. As a 44-year-old, and that took me back to, again, when I was a child, that first adult, how they, I'm still hearing it as a 44-year-old right now in society. And that was one of the worst things. One of the worst things that, you know, so when I say earlier about the anger built up, because there's never been a space or an environment for people to actually express what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, so some of what we're seeing, yes, the media might portray it a little bit with the looting and all of that, but it's anger that's built up for many years because no one's ever acknowledged it or been open to listen or creating that space for me to just speak. So all I'm, all I'm telling people or mentioning to people, because I'm not, you know, hammering it to people, it's just, you might have friends who are going through this. Just listen, just acknowledge it. Because you can do so much. That's action. Yeah. That in itself is action. Yes. Just starting with that is action. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, I'm not mentioning here about, you know, getting a sign and picketing and that. Do these, start with these small steps because they're action. Mm-hmm. And just someone acknowledging it is, is, 
for me as a, a black man and as a person, a human being, it makes me feel wonderful that you've acknowledged it. It does so much for me, and you might not understand that, but for me, it does so much. So whether you have friends, or like I was saying to the parents last night, you have other fellow soccer parents, or you even have kids of friends, kids of your kids, just acknowledge it. Because mm -hmm. these are daily things that are happening that are not on the news. Right. Those little, those little things are not, the, well, I say little things. If, it's, if, if a building's getting burned down or police and protesters are clashing or something like that, that's quote-unquote newsworthy. Yeah. But you being looked down upon when you check into a hotel, that's never going to make the news, but that's something that's going to happen or that has happened in your daily life. Yeah. And that's what we have to change. Yeah. And then it'll, if we could change those things, and change people's hearts and, and help them to understand more or be open and more aware, then the stuff would never get to the news because it wouldn't have to get to that point. Exactly. Exactly. And those are steps that we all control. We all control those. Mm -hmm. We all. I hope that the woman who treated you that way at the check-in desk at the hotel, I hope that one of the ways they dealt with her was trying to educate her. Instead of just reprimanding her or firing her or whatever they did to her, I hope they brought some understanding to her because the only real way to change her heart is to, if it's even possible, I don't know who she is, but is to really educate her. Yeah. 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 And I don't know why it was all I got was a letter and that was it. Right. There was no follow up. And again, you would think there would be, but there was never. But I just got a letter saying, you know, we apologize. She's under review. That was it. Right? That was it. And again, it's, um, I had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. But it was more hurtful to, to be a 44-year-old man and come back to my work environment and tell them at work and it just be dismissed. That minimizes your experience. It, it makes yeah. it, it takes all the value out of it. Yeah. Or the yeah. significance, I guess I'll say. Yeah. And again, for you know, a lot of your listeners out there, just, just, just acknowledge it and just step back and say, I'm here. I'm, I'm here to listen. Mm -hmm. I'm here to then say, okay, what can I do? Mm -hmm. What steps can I take? You know, if you, you mention something on social media and you lose friends, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because it's about creating a better society. Mm -hmm. And if you lose friends over trying to create a better society, then maybe those friends are not meant to be in your circle anyway. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've lost plenty of friends and I don't care. Mm -hmm. Because my whole goal about speaking from the heart and sharing my experiences is to make a better society. Mm -hmm. And as long as I, I, I keep focused on that, I don't allow the negativity of people who are supposed to be my friends to affect that. Mm -hmm. And isn't that what we should be uh, teaching our children? What a true friend really is. Yeah. 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 You know, um, and it's within us. It is within us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it is within us. And I've had plenty of friends, but I'm not racist. Okay, what are you, what are you, you know, 
have you looked into this? Have you took any steps? Have you sat down and, and self-reflected what you actually mean when you say that? And then it gets some thinking and it's like, no, I really haven't. I just, I just thought, because I'm not racist, I'm not hurting the world. But there's more you can be doing. Absolutely. And I shared with you earlier, one of the things that I personally am doing and my community of other professionals, we've decided to do a book club because we want to take action. So some of the members in the community have already read this book and they've graciously and courageously agreed to step up and facilitate the rest of us. And we're going to be reading a book called White Fragility. Yeah. And so we're going to dive in and we're going to do the work. And I would say that all of the people in this group would consider themselves not racist. What I've come to understand recently is that that's just not enough. We have to be anti-racist. And there's a difference between the two because it's just not enough to have in your heart. Well, I, I treat everybody equally. I see everyone as worthy of love and respect that's great, and you should be that way, but it's no longer enough. We need to yeah. take action. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just opening your lens. Just, just, just open your lens to, to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just open your lens because, again, we, we're, so, we're so focused in the, um, you know, this is my lane. I only look forward. I don't care about what's happening left, what's happening right, what's happened behind me. No, that's, you know, just doing this doesn't help because then it's, it's, it's tunnel vision. It's tunnel. You're, you're not. Growth mindset happens through experience and put yourselves in, in other people's experience. Put yourselves in trying to understand what's happened and how we, not me, we can make this, make this right. Mm-hmm. How we can make this right. And a lot of that comes from stepping back and just looking. Mm-hmm. putting yourselves in situations to have difficult conversations mm-hmm. but I guarantee you the more conversations you have the less difficult they become mm-hmm. they only start out difficult because it's, it's not the norm it's not there's never been that platform for us to actually speak and have those conversations because mm-hmm. like I said for me it's always been dismissed and because it's been dismissed I've, I've never had the opportunity to speak Mm-hmm. You know, well, and having this conversation with you, Erin, is huge. I, I'd like to acknowledge you and say the, the conversations that you've had last night and with me and other people are all huge because you, it's obvious, we met each other an hour ago. <laughs> and <Yeah>. I immediately <laughs> can tell that it's obvious that you have a very kind, gentle, loving heart. And for you to have the, be willing to have these conversations and to open the eyes of people who listen to you or talk to you, I think that's monumental. The impact that you're making is just monumental. Well, thank you. I'm just, again, it's, it's, it's you know, my goal is to just to see a better society, more capable of that. We are. Well, you know, we shouldn't wait for something to, to get on the news or for that sickening incident to happen for us to then say, you know, what more we can do. Mm-hmm. 
right? What more can we do? Should a child, should we wait for a child to be abused before we take action? Or should we be educating people to look out for those signs, to, to speak out on it before it happens? Right? It's, it's, I forgot what the word was, is, is being active instead of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Putting that work in and, and, and before reacting to something that's happened. Proactive. Proactive, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Sorry, my Yeah, brains all over, but yeah. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think we're capable of that. We, we are. are capable of that, you know? And I, 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 heard, I watched a video this morning of George Floyd's six-year-old daughter. Yeah. And I haven't been able to stop thinking about that little girl and like what her experience has been this week because of yeah. all of this. But she said to the man she was with, I don't know if it was her uncle or her dad's friend or whatever, but she said, my daddy changed the world. And yeah. it just, uh, like my heart just like exploded in my chest. And I thought, oh my gosh, I hope that he is. I hope that his tragic death yeah. Yeah. has really cracked this whole thing open and yeah. made room for healing and connections like with you and I and conversations and yeah. that, that the world will become a better place because of his tragic death. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. And, and, and as I mentioned in the post, Aaron, like I've been hurt and um, really hurting because it's deep. It's deep within my soul, just, a, you know, not just as a, you know, a, a man of color, but just a human being and mm. just to see how people look on it and dismiss it and, you know, let's refocus it to the looting. Um, you know, I had someone the other day say to me, um, well, you know, it, it, it won't only last for a few weeks. And I, I just, I had to put time into having a conversation with that person. Um, and I said, I'm going to send you a few things. And after you, if you, if you feel the need, if you feel the need, after you read some of the stuff I've sent you, reach back out to me. And he did reach back out to me and he says, I thank you for sending me this. I've never thought of it that way because I've always been in this. I've never had to think of it. That way. I've never had to. Right. And, and I framed it to him, and not a black or white thing. I, when I framed it to him as a human thing, it started to resonate with him more. Because mm -hmm. it's a human thing, not a, a, a black and white thing. Right? And sometimes it's speaking, it's speaking in terms or a language that people can resonate with. Yes. And once people can start to resonate with it, um, it becomes a lot clearer for them with their mindset. You know, I'll give you another example. I coach, I coach, I teach a lot of coaches and a lot of them will come in and on the first day they say, I'm all about winning. Mm. So I, I, I spend a lot of time getting to know their whys and what they look on and because it helps me then reframe something because I'm speaking to them. And by the end of the course, I, I've talked to their winning, but I've said instead of winning in the game, 
if that child you're impacting goes on and does amazing things in life or or is responsible or just that child going on and using some of the life skills that you've created, is that not winning as well? Oh, I love it. I didn't look at it that way. So I brought out at the beginning to hear from them, I listened their why and blah, you know, why do I coach? Because I love to win. But then we reframed it to get them to think differently. Still along what they believed in, but now from a different lens. So now it's not just we won the game and we won a championship. It's now, look how many children that I was coaching are now going on and doing great things in life. Mm. As a coach now, that's my winner. Mm, mm, mm. I know? love that. And that's something we can all be doing in life, just reframing how we look on things. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So and I say that, and, I'm, and again, Erin, I'm, 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 you know, as professionals, I'm, being, I'm hurting right now. And, you know, I've had some comments from my way, and I, I you know, I, whatever. Um, uh, but I just keep, I keep putting love over everything. Keep putting love over everything cannot give in to, to hate and, and ignorance. We can't do it. Mm-mm. Can't do it. Mm-mm. Well, I have to say, Matt, that you have a beautiful heart and I see it and I acknowledge it and I thank you for it. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to, to speak. Um, again, it's... Um, You've probably one of five people in the last, like I said, 30 odd years. One of five. I hope that's not the last number. Yeah, yeah, hopefully not, you know, but yeah. You know, all I can do is stay true to myself, what I believe in and and, and what I see for our world. Mm -hmm. Not just for this generation, but for the generations to come afterwards. Because I'm not going to be here and I want to, plant that seed that many others can keep planting as well and you know what i think about i can't stop thinking about your mom because of what you told me about her and i can't stop thinking about how she is smiling down on you seeing the the seeds that she planted inside of you when you were a little boy and how it's blossoming and how you're spreading love and patience and understanding and an open heart to everyone you meet. I mean, <laughs> the ripple impact of what she has given you and what you are in turn giving all of the rest of us, it's just beautiful. And I know that she's so happy. I know. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I wish I could have gotten to meet her, but I'm meeting her through you anyway. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, you're right. This everything I value and the way I am is, is was installed in installed in me from her and, and um you know. But like I said, I always go out to I always look at it from the side of people who didn't have that, who are hurting, right? right. Who don't have that support system, who don't have that platform to speak or be heard or acknowledged. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the ones that we've got to continuously just be aware of. Mm-hmm. You might not fully understand what they're going through, but just be aware of it and start to have those conversations and then start to put whatever action you can, Mm -hmm. not only for them, but for us as a society. Mm -hmm. 
I think those are beautiful words and it's a beautiful message. And I thank you for spending this time with me and sharing your experiences and just being so willing and open-minded. I've really enjoyed discussing things with you and I look forward to more discussions with you because I don't think this is a one and done kind of a thing. I think we need to keep talking about this. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you again, Erin. Thank you, Matt. Okay. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to Aaron at Aaron-Taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.